Welcome to the Quest Catholic Radio Network. You are hearing my voice instead of regular programming because we are in day one of a three-day pledge drive and we are trying to raise the necessary funds in order to Keep Catholic Radio strong here in Atlanta. And we are grateful that you are listening. When we do these uh, local pledge drives, we also get to bring in lots of great local guests. And our first guest, wow, have we really got an amazing hour in front of us. Because we're going to be talking with Dave Sloan, and he's the Major Gifts Officer for Mercy Care. And you're also a leader at Love and Serve. So we'll find out about those organizations, and we'll find out a little bit about you. But before we do that, we know that all good things begin with prayer. So can we start with a prayer for this next hour? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask you to bless this radio station, all the wonderful people who are working here, all of the benefactors who've been so gracious to give in so many ways, especially those who gave time and talent to contribute to the beautiful new chapel we have in the room next to us. Mm. We ask that you would bless our neighbors, particularly those at Quick Trip next door. I was there this morning, and there was a wonderful man named Jim working at the cash register full of joy and enthusiasm and kindness. And Lord, I ask that you would bless Jim, bless all of those in his life, bless those who are on his heart today. I ask that you would bless all of those listening to us. And that you would send special blessings and graces upon all of those who are in the hearts of our listeners. And we pray these, pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so again, we are in day one of our pledge drive. We are trying to raise the necessary funds in order to keep Catholic Radio on, strong in Atlanta. Um, is this the phone number? And so we are asking you to give us a call at 678-688-4549, and get the ball rolling. We love all of our callers, absolutely love everyone who calls in, but that first one is especially important because it gets everything rolling. Okay, so again, the number to call is 688-4549 if you want to help us to keep Catholic Radio strong in Atlanta. We are talking with Dave Sloan. He is the major gifts officer for Mercy Care. And I, you know, so often when I talk to people on the radio, they have a story. They have something that, that happened in their lives, the way that God prepared them in order to serve in the ministry that they're in now. And I think you're no exception. So can we start there and find out a little bit about you and what led you to your position now? I'd be happy to. I do have a story. God brought me a long and circuitous route here to the Quest Atlanta this morning. I grew up in a home without any religion at all. My parents were somewhat anti-religious. They had both been wounded by experiences in the church, and it's something that we didn't talk about or think about other than we thought religious people were great to make fun of. That's why religious people existed, to be the butt of good Mm -hmm. jokes. And then I wandered astray, which I guess is not awfully surprising. I wandered astray in my teens, wound up addicted to drugs and alcohol and running around with the crowd that behaves that way, which spiraled out of control. I wound up uh, filled full of shame, 
uh, I was suicidal at times and actually spent some time living on the streets, living in the weeds, living in uh, abandoned cars, uh, slept for a while in the press box at the high school stadium where I had gone to school. I had blankets stashed here and there. I was one of those people that didn't shave, didn't cut their hair, uh, had downcast eyes, couldn't look at you, mm-hmm. couldn't talk to you. Mm-hmm. One of those folks who just kind of disappears mm-hmm. from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And I remember one morning I was curled up in a ball off Cheshire Bridge Road, which is the part of town where you might find people in that condition. Mm-hmm. I was curled up in a ball in some, uh, in some weeds and bushes and I had some doormats that I had stolen from some apartments. And I had a couple of them under me, a couple of them over me. The sun had come up and it was starting to get hot and I had nowhere to go. And I remember just curled up in a ball on my side with my head in my hands, trembling, mm-hmm. thinking, is there, is there anyone, any way, anything that could save me? And afraid that there wasn't. And even more afraid that if anyone, anywhere, whatever that might look like that could come, that could save me, I had no idea what that would be. I really didn't have any idea what to really hope for. Mm -hmm. But I was afraid that if anything did come to save me, that it would be too late, Mm -hmm. that there wouldn't be anything left inside of me to save. Mm -hmm. I felt like Mm -hmm. maybe if there was some spark of light inside of me, that it was going out Mm -hmm. and that it would be extinguished. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. It... That's despair in the truest sense of the word at that point. You just, you really don't know even where to turn. Not even having knowledge of what to hope for. I think hope is the first of all the virtues. Yes. If we don't have hope, we don't have anywhere to go. Everything else assumes some degree of hope. Right. But I didn't even know what to hope for. But thankfully, our faith, unlike other religions and other religions, other types of spirituality, we go seeking God. In ours, God comes seeking us. The scripture tells us that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So I had one friend left who I interacted with, who knew me well enough to know where to find me. And he got sober and started going to 12-step meetings. And he came and found me every day and took me to those meetings. And we were good buddies. I'd go wherever he wanted to go. And I would go wherever was indoors that I wouldn't be told that I had to leave. Wherever I was accepted Mm -hmm. because I was the kind of person that I tried going to church one morning when I'd been up all night, Saturday night, Uh, this friend of mine and I, we tried going into a church downtown and we didn't look like the kind of people you should let into your church. And they didn't, Mm -hmm. they actually, they did steer us into a side chapel, Mm -hmm. but they wouldn't let us go into church with the regular folks. So in the 12 step clubs and 12 step groups, 12 step meetings, I was welcome. I was accepted. Nobody was afraid of me. Mm-hmm. Everybody was comfortable having me there. So I was comfortable going there. Mm-hmm. And eventually I got a message there that started to sink in, started mm-hmm. to make sense. Uh, I started accepting this idea of powerlessness and that there's a power greater than myself mm-hmm. and considering the possibility of prayer, mm-hmm. considering the possibility of some kind of spirituality. But most importantly, I was around people who loved me and it wasn't that there wasn't anyone who loved me previously there were people but these folks knew how Mm. and they weren't afraid of me Mm -hmm. and they weren't trying to fix me and they weren't trying to change me they just accepted me they figured i'd get better Mm -hmm. if i kept coming and being around them so they didn't have an agenda 
They didn't try to get me to do something I couldn't do, be something I couldn't be, believe something I couldn't believe, conform or fit in some way that I could not. They were just very comfortable having me be there with them. And whenever I was ready to accept a hug, they knew how to do that. Mm. So I started getting hugs. And this was a point in time when I hadn't been touched in a long time. Yes. And so those hugs had a, a tremendous impact in my life. Yes. And I committed to that program, committed to those meetings. I started going to two, three, sometimes four meetings a day. Yeah. And kept doing that, threw myself into the recovery life, threw myself into, wound up living with some of those folks, working with those folks, and I wound up with a new life. Wow, wow, what a story. Well, I want to talk about that some more and, and go in more into depth with that, but I got to get these phone lines ringing. The whole reason that we get to have Dave Sloan on the air is because of the people who have donated so that Catholic Radio can be on the air. So the only way that we can continue having Dave and people like him is if we call in and we give some of our treasure, some of the gifts that God has given to us, we give back to um, by giving to Catholic Radio, and we let him work through the airwaves. And I believe we'll hear testimonies throughout this week, throughout these three days. Um, we'll hear testimonies of people whose lives have been touched because of Catholic Radio, the Holy Spirit really works through the airwaves. And so can you help that to happen by giving us a call at 678-688-4549. 678-688-4549. We have had one call. Thank you to Bruce and Diane who called in uh, with a one-time uh, $35 pledge. And we are, we are grateful for them. Can you be the next person? Can you join Bruce and Diane and give us a call? There's a, I hear a phone going. Let's keep these phone lines going. 678-688-4549. Again, we are in day one of our first of a three-day pledge drive, and we need your help. We need your help in order to keep Catholic Radio strong. And uh, Dave, Dave Sloan, who is from Mercy Care and from Love and Serve, he is here um, sharing his own personal testimony, putting himself kind of kind of out there, and we appreciate that, and it's in support of Catholic Radio. So thank you for doing that. Can you join Dave? It's it's much easier just to call in a, a pledge than to come and be on the microphone, although it's it's really a lot of fun to be on Catholic Radio, but, but nonetheless, um, you can help. You can give of your treasure and help Catholic Radio simply by picking up the phone and dialing 678 688 four five four nine and make a donation of any amount any amount whatever you can give please give us a call now we want to go back to to dave sloan we've been hearing his his testimony of of kind of what led him up to the point um and we're we're not even close to the point where he's working for mercy care i don't think but but he's been homeless living under a bridge started a friend came found him took him to the 12th step, and there he found a, a welcoming, loving community of people who really, how, they, they, they were God's arms around you during that time. Absolutely. Yeah. They were, they were God's arms. Uh, who was it, Teresa of Avila, who said, God has nobody now but yours. Mm. And so there were mm. people who were God's arms wrapping me up, literally hugging yes. me, embracing me. I thought it might be fun to talk a little bit about some of the things that I learned in the 12-step groups, because as I mentioned, I've attended thousands and thousands of those meetings. Yes. And when, by the time I wound up at church, which I'll get to, uh -huh. I had already learned a lot of fundamentals about a life of faith and a life mm -hmm. in a faith community, which stood me in great stead. 
these are all teachings. These are all experiences, ideas, principles, which the 12-step groups, and particularly Bill Wilson, who founded Alcoholics Anonymous and wrote their material, and Bob Smith, who was his partner, his, his brother in this mission, these guys took all of this stuff from the New Testament. They took it all from Christianity mm -hmm. and put it into practice in a way that sometimes we in the church might have forgotten about. Yes. Some real simple, effective ways to live the faith that really work that I brought with me mm -hmm. into my church experience. I feel like a lot of what I do in my faith life is simply trying to help people in the church learn what the folks in the 12-step groups learned from mm -hmm. us in the church. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I learned, and in most any 12-step club, you'll see a sign on the wall that says, when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, I want the hand of this fellowship always to be there. Mm. And for that, I am responsible. Mm. I am responsible. It's not Father so-and-so is responsible. It's not the bishop is responsible. Mm -hmm. It's not the parish council is responsible. Mm -hmm. I am responsible. Even as a newcomer, even as a beginner, it's not later after I grow in my spiritual life, after I get all this catechesis and go through this program and that discernment. It's right now from the very beginning, people learn that I'm responsible for reaching out to anyone who shows up here, mm -hmm. who's new, who needs help. If there's a newcomer at the coffee pot, Mm -hmm. It's my responsibility to go over to that person mm -hmm. and find out how they're doing, mm -hmm. to find out what's going on with them. And there's tremendous power in that. Mm -hmm. There's so much power in it. When I realized, I remember, it might not have been the very first time, but it feels like the first time that I remember reaching out to somebody in one of those meetings. So the meeting was over and I was sticking around and I was talking to somebody who was a little newer than I was. I'd been there maybe a few weeks at that point. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody who had been there maybe a few days. And that person was pretty lost. That person was struggling. And I started talking to that person. And I realized that this person feels like something really profoundly meaningful and good mm -hmm. is happening for him. Well, at this point in time, I was coming out of all this shame that I had felt from the life mm -hmm. that I'd been living homelessness is fraught with shame. Mm -hmm. It's so shameful to be dirty mm -hmm. and to know that you're dirty and to have no way to get clean and to know that there's nowhere for you to go and that no one wants you to be there with them. I was just consumed with shame. I felt like I was so dirty that I had stains that could never be washed clean. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing here in front of this person who feels like I'm helping them. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something good for them. This person feels like I'm bringing God's love to him. Mm -hmm. He feels like that there's something good and meaningful and valuable. And I realized it couldn't be coming from me, that there had to be some kind of higher power, a God that they were talking about, something had to be coming through me to this person. Mm -hmm. And that made me feel clean. Mm -hmm. That made me feel not so full of shame. That made me feel like maybe I'm okay. Yes. Maybe there's something in me that's all right. Because this person truly, obviously, seems to feel that I'm helping them. Yeah. So there's something in me that's good. There's nothing I've found as powerful for overcoming shame and overcoming guilt and overcoming that sense of inadequacy than to realize that we're capable of being of service to another person. And in the 12-step groups, everybody learns that they have the power to do that. At church, we don't teach people that. We don't teach people that everybody here, every parishioner, everyone who's here at Mass, everyone who's here in this program has the power to reach out and help the people around us. Yes. Oftentimes, another, and we take it a step further in the 12-step groups. 
that we rarely do at church. We not only tell people to help people, we'll tell people that, that at church sometimes, but we do it, there's two things that are different about the way we do it in the 12-step groups. Mm-hmm. At church, we'll tell people to go do something to help people. And the 12-step groups will say, we'll do it with you. Let's do it together. Mm. Let's come together and help somebody. Mm-hmm. And then there's another step that we leave out at church typically. Let's help that person help someone. Mm-hmm. Let's not only help someone, Let's come together around that person, help that person join together with us and help someone. Mm-hmm. And then when that person helps someone, what's that person going to do? Go out and help somebody else. Right. And it multiplies. And we're going to do it together. Yes. We're not going to send them out and tell them that they should be capable of doing it on their own. Yeah. We're going to do it together. And then we're going to help that person help someone, help that person help someone. Yes. That's how two guys that are hopeless alcoholics, truly hopeless alcoholics can start a program that spreads to millions of people and helps people with so many different types of brokenness, so many different types of habitual sin Mm -hmm. that are transformed from that simple paradigm Mm -hmm. of coming together to help somebody and helping that person Mm -hmm. help someone. Mm -hmm. So that was probably the the first and the biggest lesson that I learned in the 12-step groups that I brought with me Mm -hmm. when I came to the church. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's a good place to to interrupt because... We have a, a couple of donations that have come in. We said the first one was $35, the second one was $20, and that second person had a message for you. And they said that they wanted prayers for Dave's baby, Teresa, um, who turns one year this week. On Monday. Ah, so uh, just yesterday. So this, no, this coming Monday. Oh, on Monday, okay. So this coming Monday, uh, Teresa will turn one, and we would definitely ask for prayers for Teresa and for... Her mom, my wife, Christina. Okay. I hope they're still sleeping, but they could possibly be listening. Okay. Well, I hope they're listening. <laughs> I do, because I'm sure they want to hear you. So let's stop just a moment. We have a potential 3.1 million listeners here on The Quest. So we want to ask all of our listeners to join us in prayer for Teresa. And I would normally ask Dave to lead it, but since it's for his daughter, I'm going to lead it. So so please join with us in prayers um, in thanksgiving for, for Teresa. Name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Lord, we just we come to you and we say thank you for the gift of life, and thank you for this beautiful baby. And I think we'll probably find out more about her as we continue on Dave's Dave's story. But for right now, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for for this beautiful gift of life and that is now uh, approaching one year old. And and uh, we ask the Blessed Mother to wrap her in her beautiful mantle and to keep her close to her immaculate heart. And to to bring joy to Dave, to his wife, and and to all who meet Tressa. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank Amen. you for that. Yeah. Thank you to all our listeners who were able to join. And now that before we get into his story, because we all know we know you want to just sit back and listen to Dave Sloan from Mercy Care, because I do. I want to hear this amazing story, but we can't have this amazing story if we don't have the airwaves to do it. So please just take the hit real quick. It'll be very fast. And give us a call, 678-688-4549. And then you can just sit back and listen to the rest of the interview. 678 688 4549. 
help us to keep Catholic Radio strong here in Atlanta. Join join Bruce and Diane, join Murphy, who have called in so far today, and be the next donor. We want to ring the bell whenever we get a founder, and we haven't really talked about that. We, we kind of went right into the interview, but we get to ring this bell in celebration. So when we get somebody that's a founder, and that's $100 a month for 36 months, then you ring the bell. When we get to the $10,000 mark in increments of 10000 throughout the day, we ring the bell. Um, so those are the two ways right now that we can ring the bell. And we want Dave to ring this bell in celebration with us. So please give us a call. If you can give $100 a month for 36 months, you will be a founder. You will get your name on a plaque here at the studio that says that you're a founding member. Um, you'll get bragging rights for all your life that you're a founder of Catholic Radio. You can even put it in your obituary someday. So if you would like to do that, the number to call is 678 688 Four five four nine, or if you can give any amount, any amount, whatever you can give, just give us a call six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. Again, we are talking with Dave Sloan, and he is the major gifts <coughs> officer. So you understand about giving, you you get it right. You you know the importance of of giving so that we can keep Catholic Radio on the air. So you can do my begging anytime you want to. Okay, if you want to get in there and, and put something in there, but uh, we are also finding out about his story and what led him up to being now the major gifts officer for Mercy Care. There's another caller on the line. Praise be to God. Um, so keep on, keep those calls coming. And now we're going to go back and, and talk with Dave some more about what he learned. At this point in the interview, we're talking about the things that he learned through the 12 Steps program. The first was that that he he needed to be God's arms, his his voice, his his actions here on earth. And he needed to bring others with him and, and really show God's love. You know, I think it was Mother Teresa that, you know, she, she would go and care for the, the, the poorest of the poor. You talked about the dirt, the dirtiest, you know, the smelliest, all of that. And she said, I see God in each one of them. And I think that's what we're all called to do. It's a lot easier said than done, though, right? Well, everybody has the capacity to do it. Mm. And we have the capacity really because of our brokenness. Mm-hmm. Our the tragedies that we've had in our lives mm-hmm. are our greatest treasures. Mm. Those are what give us access to other people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Other people will trust us and share with us mm-hmm. because of our struggles, because of our failures. So we need to leverage those. We need mm-hmm. to be confident in what God can do through our brokenness. Mm-hmm. That's what qualifies us to love and serve other people. Mm-hmm. And just to move on and share a little bit more about what mm-hmm. I learned in the 12-step groups, the one thing that I've shared in talks over the years that comes back to me the most, that people repeat back to me mm-hmm. and tell me changed, the, changed their lives, is to come often, come early, and stay late. Mm-hmm. Find out where the people are mm-hmm. that are doing the things that you care about. Find out where the people are who share your values. Find out where the people are who are accomplishing things that matter. And then come often, come early, and stay late. Mm. And the magic in that is that when you come early and stay late, you get to meet the people who care the most. Mm. Whether it's church, whether it's uh, mass, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's a conference, a seminar, whatever it is, some kind of program. If you come early and stay late, you're going to get a chance to find a way to help. Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to help, to contribute, to participate. If you don't find a way to give and to serve and to participate, your life can't be changed. 
this might sound a little radical, but I don't think too many people's lives are going to be changed just by showing up for mass on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Show up early. Mm. Stick around late. Mm -hmm. Find a way to serve. Mm. Find a way to help. Mm. I learned that in my 12-step groups. If you come often, come early and stay late. That's where the life-transforming power is. That's where I mm. learned how to reach out and talk to that person after the meeting because I was still there mm -hmm. when the meeting was over. And you get to see other people doing it mm -hmm. and you get to know them and those people get to know you and trust you and then they invite you to spend time with them. They invite you to be a part of their lives. That's how I got to know Janice, who's helping out here so much, mm. is by sticking around late. I showed up early to one of her programs, stuck around late. I wound up bringing a sound system, setting it up, breaking it down. That's how I got to know her. And if you hang around Janice and her friends and you do things together with them, then there's life transforming power in that mm -hmm. that you won't find just from showing up. So if you feel like your faith life is empty or if you feel like it's lacking something, if you feel like showing up at mass isn't doing what you wish it would do, mm -hmm. I can't see why it would. I can't see why it should. Mm -hmm. If we truly get communion... We may say the Eucharist should have the power to change. If we truly get the, the Eucharist, if we truly get communion, we won't want to run off and leave those people. Yes. We'll want to stay. And it may be awkward. It may be uncomfortable. For me, it certainly was. When I started going to church, it was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like those people. Mm -hmm. I didn't fit in. I didn't have the same background. Mm -hmm. I didn't dress like they dressed. I didn't drive the vehicles. They, none of that. I was just different. Mm -hmm. But if I would stick around and find a way to help... Mm -hmm. Then they would get to trust me. I would get to know them. And then we could come together. And that's where the life transforming power is. Mm -hmm. Come often, come early mm -hmm. and stay late. That has the power to change your life. Mm -hmm. So I'll just jump ahead. And I did that a lot. I went to thousands of meetings. That led to me ultimately winding up on scholarship at Emory University. While I was there, mm -hmm. I was living in a single dorm room. And I went and found a homeless guy from under the bridge, under the railroad tracks down the way. And I had him living on an air mattress under mm. my bed in my single dorm room. Mm. I had a key stashed outside for him to get into the building. And all the rest of the guys on the hall were cool with that. Mm. They all understood that there was a mission here. There was mm. a purpose here. Mm. So I had learned that from my 12-step groups. Mm. Now, I had a little bit of a double life going because then I met a co-ed and I decided she should live in the dorm room with uh -oh. me instead of her. Yeah. Instead of the homeless guy. So I had the homeless guy out, the co-ed in, wound up... Uh, engaged while I was there at Emory. I ended up engaged with a wedding planned. And when that gal canceled the wedding and left me, I wound up with a lot of heartache, a lot of misery, a lot of heaviness of heart. And I felt God in the middle of all that brokenness lead me to the Catholic Center at Emory. Mm -hmm. And I went to the Catholic Center. They had a theologian there named Tim Muldoon who was excited to see somebody as uh, confused as I was show up at the Catholic Center and excited to walk through the process of discernment with me. And ultimately, my senior year at Emory, I became Catholic. Wow. I was confirmed at the Easter Vigil. Wow. What, what, a, what a tremendous, tremendous story. So I'm curious, um, and I'll ask the question and then I'll do a, a giving out the phone number again. But I'm curious also what happened with the homeless guy that was... That was coming to your dorm room. Um, well, we called him Mike Underbridge. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, he was able to attend my uh, graduation and honor ceremony, which was great to have him there with my yeah. family and friends. But ultimately, uh, he succumbed yeah. to addiction. Mm -hmm. He fell mm -hmm. uh, under the bridge and landed on 
uh, fell a, a, a far enough distance mm. that when he landed, it killed him. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry. I am sorry. It's hard. Mm. So maybe if I'd have had a better understanding of my faith at that time and not wanted to move in my co-ed friend mm. in place of Mike, the Mike's journey might have been different. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can always look back and see the what ifs, right? But, but uh, yeah. Well, I, I do have some, some good news, though, because we have another caller. The, the third caller called in and said that uh, um, he wanted to give $100, and that was Matt, and he gave $100. He said he loves Catholic Radio, and it's from the Brothers and the Men of St. Bridget. Um, right? Oh, I'm sorry, $50. $50. Matt gave $50. All right, sorry. I'm getting all these notes in here, and I don't think I'm I'm specifically. So does that mean something to you from the brothers and the men of St. Bridget? Thanks, Matt. Well, I was with those guys last night, and Matt will be in a little later today, and you'll be talking with him. Okay. That's all right. And we also have Jerry who called in with $100. So thank you, Jerry. And so that's uh, about... Um, $200 called in so far today, and so we're grateful to each and every person who's called in so far, and can you be the next person? And that is, the number to call is 678-688-4549. You are listening to the Celebrate Your Faith Spirit Drive on Quest Radio, and we are grateful that you are listening. Will you also please become part of the team? You know, it's kind of funny. Whenever you listen to Catholic Radio, you talk about the Catholic Radio Station. But when you call in and you make a pledge, all of a sudden it becomes my Catholic Radio Station. And when you make that investment, all of a sudden you start listening more because you want to see what your money's going for. And it really does have the opportunity to really change your life. So will you become part of the team? Will you become part of the family of Quest Radio? And give us a call at 678-688-4549. 678-688-4549. We need your help. We absolutely need your help. Now is the time. We're interrupting regular programming in order to raise the necessary funds in order to keep Catholic Radio on the air here in Atlanta so that we can hear Dave Sloan, his wonderful message, and all the other wonderful guests that we're going to have this week. Um, again, it's only possible, though, if we have the airwaves to do it. So let's keep it strong, and let's really make the most out of these next three days by dialing 678-688-4549 and giving uh, some of the treasure, some of the gifts that we have been given, every good thing that we have, everything that we have comes from God. So when we give to Catholic Radio, we give a little bit of that back, and God can then use it through the airwaves, and he can really change some souls. And so can you please, please just give us a call, 678 688 Four five four nine. I've been a donor to Catholic Radio for for many years. Uh, from where you know I came in from Kansas City, we've had Catholic Radio around there for fifteen years. It's new here in Atlanta, but uh, we've had and I've been a donor for fifteen years out there. And I'm telling you what, every once in a while I say, "Okay, Holy Spirit, what are you going to do with my donation this month?" And 
people come up and they they tell me things you know it it's just it's amazing the lives that are being changed so can you give us a call and be a part of that change through catholic radio we're talking about the 12 step program with dave sloan and he's given us some wonderful tips on how we can really be part of the change in the world around us one to one you know one on one but with catholic radio we have the opportunity to evangelize to a potential 3.1 million listeners at any given moment. Um, I think it was John Paul II, uh, John Paul the Great, St. John Paul, who said if St. Paul was alive today, he'd be on Catholic radio. (laughs) So it really is just a tremendous opportunity for us to evangelize, and it's as easy as picking up the phone and dialing 678-688. Four five four nine. Can you help us out? We also have some giveaways that I forgot to mention earlier. Every person who calls in receives a holy card of St. Gabriel, who is the patron of Catholic Radio. Um, all mo- monthly donors will receive a book of the hour. Um, all founders, um, which is $100 a month for 36 months, Every single person who calls in as a founder will get an Echo Dot as our thank you to them for for joining in this effort to keep Catholic Radio on the air. And each day we're going to have a daily drawing for a blessed rosary from a holy site. And so if you would like to be in that drawing, you can call and make a pledge of any amount, whatever it is, even a dollar gets you in the drawing. So really just prayerfully consider what what is the Holy Spirit considering, you know, what is the Holy Spirit asking me to do? And then pick up the phone. If if you feel like the, you're being called to help Catholic Radio, I get it. I know there's a lot of tremendous organizations out there. Uh, Mercy Care being one of them. Uh, Love and Serve being another one of those. And we'll find out more about those as we go through this interview. There's a lot of organizations that are worthy of, of your treasure Right now, though, we're in the pledge drive for Catholic Radio, and I I think of all of the things that I donate to, Catholic Radio is able to do the most for the smallest amount of money because we have such a tremendous amount of listeners for a small amount of money in relative terms. So number to call again, 678-688-4549. We have a few more Donors that have called in, we want to say thank you to Matt. We said that the fifty dollars, Jerry a hundred, Kathy with a hundred, and um, yep, that's what we have. So thank you, thank you, thank you to to all of our donors so far. Can you be the next person? Six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. Now we want to go back to talking with Dave Sloan. He's the major gifts officer for Mercy Care. He's a leader of Love and Serve. Right now, though, we're talking about his story and we stopped at the point where you had actually entered the Catholic Church. So how long ago was that? That was 1993. Okay. Just before I graduated from Emory, it shocked a lot of people, including myself, that that was God's plan. (laughs) But I felt strongly in my heart in that broken place that I was in with this broken engagement, I felt that that's where God was calling me, where God was leading me. And I started reading the catechism. I started studying the history of the church. I discovered that there's such a thing as a faithful Catholic. I had never been exposed to any of this before. So it was a remarkable discovery, and it's been a remarkable journey yes. ever since. Yes. I When I had this conversion, one thing that I brought with me was I did know about service. And a lot of the people around me didn't know as much about service. Yeah. So we made a good team. They could teach me about the faith, they could teach me about the catechism, they could teach me theology, 
They could teach me about the saints, teach me all this wonderful stuff. And I could say, hey, let's go to Kroger and let's get some bread and some sandwich meat yeah. and some mustard and some mayonnaise and let's and some cheese. I'm gonna put some cheese on these sandwiches yeah. and let's bag these sandwiches up and let's go downtown. Yeah. And let's give them to some hungry people. Yeah. And so we started doing that right off the bat. I just knew that they needed, well, I was reading my New Testament. Mm -hmm. I hadn't been raised in an environment where I had been trained to ignore those parts of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. I didn't have this just tacit understanding that that part we don't pay much attention to. Right. I read it and it resonated very strongly with me and it wasn't confusing at all. Yes. That we give, yeah. we share, and we very particularly share with those who need it the most and whose need is the most obvious. Okay, everyone has need. Everyone's poor in some form or fashion. But Jesus clearly directs us to pay particular attention to those who are most obviously in need. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. There's a special kind of grace that comes when we come together with those whose need is most obvious. Mm -hmm. So I knew that already. I had learned that in my 12-step mm -hmm. groups. Mm -hmm. And so I began taking people with me to do that outreach. Mm -hmm. And I remember one night, it must have been, uh, it, mu it was some, must have been sometime in 1993, I was out with some of my friends, we were downtown on a cold night, and I gave a paper bag with a couple of sandwiches in it to a guy who looked really normal, looked really okay, but I looked at his shoes and they didn't look okay. So I asked him, I said, would you like some food? We have some sandwiches. And he said, thank you. And I handed mm -hmm. him the bag. And he started to walk away and he turned around and he came back. Mm. And he said, can I have another one of those? Because mm. I'm out here in it real bad. Mm. And it's just, that's a long time ago now. Mm. But that man's need struck me. Mm. It cracked open my heart. And that is part of the power of people whose need is more obvious, more palpable, more tangible. There was another man leaning up against a wall, hugging himself and talking to himself. And I walked up to him not knowing if he was coherent at all, mm -hmm. if he had any cognizance of what was going on around him. And I said, here are some sandwiches, here's some food if you're hungry. And he suddenly reached out and snatched the bag mm -hmm. and clutched it to him real tightly. And he started yelling, praise God, mm -hmm. praise God, praise God. I can still hear that now. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of thing that happens when we reach out and serve the poor. And I need that. Mm -hmm. I need that encounter with Christ in the poor. Mm -hmm. I desperately need to have my heart cracked open. Mm -hmm. Leonard Cohen said, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Mm -hmm. But I can gloss that crack over. I can cover it over mm -hmm. so that the light's not getting in. Mm -hmm. And those whose need is more palpable, is more obvious, they have that capacity to open our hearts up mm -hmm. so that Jesus can get in. We have a great need to serve those folks. Mm -hmm. So I started then taking people with me out into the streets to serve the homeless and been doing that off and on in some shape, form, or fashion mm -hmm. ever since. It isn't that hard to do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be all that complicated. And there are plenty of people around me who will accept that invitation, who want to do that. And so I invite people. And I have a Facebook group called Love and Serve. It's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. The way it works now what it's kind of evolved to is we go out once a month we go out on the last sunday of the month at 2 p.m you can find us at love and serve on facebook but we go out at 2 p.m and we meet at hurt park which is right downtown it'll show up on your gps h-u-r-t mm -hmm. hurt park right next to georgia state and there's a bunch of homeless people there and we bring 
I don't bring food anymore because lots of other groups do. So you don't know that people will need the food. So we'll bring some snacks. We'll bring protein bars, bananas. We'll bring some things that folks can take with them. If they're not hungry, then they can eat them later. And then I'll bring some pastries. And if the weather's cold, I'll bring hot coffee. And if the weather's hot, then we'll bring iced tea. And we have fellowship with people. And sometimes uh, we'll have volunteers bring different things, usually socks, sometimes hygiene kits. Sometimes uh, in the winter we'll have volunteers bring coats or shoes, blankets. Uh, sometimes in the nicer weather we might have volunteers bring backpacks. People just bring what they bring. God figures all that out. And what people bring turns out to be what we need. Mm. We set up a couple of tables and distribute this stuff. And also set up some music, have some usually Motown music going. Have a good time. Bring soccer balls, footballs, frisbees, play in the park. Families come. Kids of all ages come from babes in arms, toddlers, teenagers. Teenagers are the best at this. Yes. Just every age comes out, and we interact with our homeless friends. And then the key to this is we have three-by-five index cards and pens that I hand out, and we collect prayer requests. Say a little prayer at the beginning, a little bit of scripture. Yeah. Then have a good time. But we go around and collect prayer requests from people. And it's real simple. You just tell them, we're going to have some prayer time here in a little while. And we'd like to know what we can pray for for you. So write down the prayer request and write down the person's name. And then later we gather. We, we huddle up close, not a circle. We get in real close, huddle up, get everybody together. And we pray over these prayer requests. And then I encourage people to take the prayer request home with them and to continue praying with them as part of their family prayer life. And this can transform your prayer life. Having some of these index cards with you at home to pray over as part of your part of your family prayer life. Because I don't think people need to pay all that much attention to the issue of homelessness. Mm-hmm. But an individual homeless person whose name you know mm-hmm. and whose story you know, yes. and you know what to pray for for that person, that has a lot of value. Yes, That has a lot of power. So that's the heart of love and service. Real simple. That's what we do. And so if our listeners are listening and they would like to get involved with Love and Serve, you said it's a Facebook page that they love can find Love and Serve on at? Facebook, right? Okay. All right. And then they can find out where to meet. And, you know, it's Hurt Park is at the same time every week? H-U-R-T, the last Sunday of every month, except for the holidays, Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas, it's different. Okay. Easter, we do Holy Saturday, still 2 o'clock. Thanksgiving, we do the day after, and Christmas, we do Christmas Eve. Other than that, it's the last Sunday at 2 p.m. You can also find me, Dave Sloan, on Facebook, so or Love and Serve. Either way, I'll get you there, and we'd love to have you. It's, it's real simple. It's low barrier to entry. The whole purpose of it is so that lots of different kinds of people can come together and experience serving. I kind of created this in part because I wanted my sisters to be able to hang out with my Christian friends and feel comfortable. And my Christian friends are sometimes, frankly, a little awkward to hang out with because Mm -hmm. we use insider language and we talk about insider things and we do insider stuff and we don't seem like regular folks so much. So I created Love and Serve so that people could come together, Christians, non-Christians, whoever, Catholics, Protestants, anybody that wants to come, can come and experience this joy of serving together. Yeah. And it has a lot of power. It has a lot of impact. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So we would love for you to go to his Facebook page, um, find out how you can help with Love and Serve. We would also love for you to help Catholic Radio by calling 678-688-4549. We are in the first day of our Celebrate Your Faith Spirit Drive here at at the Quest, and we need your help. We have had... uh, Five different donations so far, and we have a total of uh, about $300 called in so far. 
That is wonderful, and we are grateful. We are absolutely grateful, but we still have work to do. If we, you, you can just imagine. Just stop and think for a minute. Um, stop for a minute and think about the electricity for your own home, and then think about the amount of electricity it costs to do a 50,000-watt station. That is a lot of electricity. And you know what's really cool, and I don't know the exact number. I, I meant to try and find out before I came for this pledge drive. There are only about five to seven Catholic AM stations that have a 50,000-watt signal, which is the strongest you can have with AM, and one of them is right here in Atlanta. So, wow, how cool is that, that you have this, this blowtorch of a station, 50,000 watts, right here and so it's really time for us to say thank you we have quest radio we can just turn it on in our car we can tune it in in our home in our workplace we can stream it online if you go to the questatlanta.com um, you can stream it um, and so we would love it if you would would help us to support that to get the necessary funds that we need in order to keep catholic radio on the air so the number to call if you want to do that is 688-4549-678-688-4549. Please give us a call and, and become part of the team. Become part of the family. All right, we are talking with Dave Sloan. He's with Mercy Care. He's the major gifts officer for Mercy Care. He's also the leader of Love and Serve, which you can find on Facebook and find out more information about that. He's also been sharing his very personal story about going from from being in despair as a homeless person to then being the, the founder and the leader of Love and Serve and and now Mercy Care. And now, wow, what, what a great opportunity to be able to sit on Catholic radio. How cool is that? All of those things led you, and I, I'm saying that with a smile. Our listeners can't see the smile, but but really, it is pretty cool to be on Catholic it's, Radio. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I, I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. So, and we're grateful. And what a what a powerful powerful message that you have for each and every one of us. So let's let's pick up. I know we have a whole lot of things that. Um, boy, I'm just getting all kinds of distractions here. I apologize. Um, so. We have just about 15 minutes left with you. So how are we going to get through the rest of your story to your one-year-old daughter that, that we prayed about? And and so what would you like to share, I guess, Well, next? I'd like to talk about Mercy Care. Uh, I will say that if you come to my Facebook page, you will discover that little, bitty, little baby Tweety Bird is probably the most beautiful baby on the planet Earth. <laughs> so you can come see some pics of little baby Tweety Bird. Teresa Maria is, is pretty awesome. And my wife, Christina, is uh, is a miracle, absolutely mm -hmm. a miracle that God dropped into my life. So if you've struggled and labored with decades of singleness and loneliness, as I did, don't stop hoping that God has somebody planned for you, because he did for me. Mm -hmm. And I kept hoping, and I kept praying, and I kept saying those rosaries, and one day there she was. Yeah. And let me tell you, this is interesting. The way we met, yeah. she showed up at the cathedral. Christina's from Ukraine. Okay, so she was here in the U.S. working as a nanny, mm -hmm. and she showed up at the Cathedral of Christ the King, and she asked somebody how she could get involved in serving the poor. Mm. Well, who do you think that person brought her to? To you. Brought Aww. her straight to me. Exactly. 
Because you're the face of that. And now we have little baby Tweety Bird. So I always had this weird sense when I was out on the streets doing stuff with the homeless, which oftentimes is not at all glamorous and it doesn't look like there's all that much happening. And I often thought, I wonder if God has a real plan and purpose for me being here. And it turned Mm -hmm. out that he did Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yes. I would like to talk about Mercy Care, about what I do now. Yes. I work for an amazing organization. Mercy Care is the best kept Catholic secret in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing that people don't know about Mercy Care. Mm -hmm. Mercy Care is an outgrowth of the mission of the Sisters of Mercy who founded St. Joseph's Hospital. And when the hospital moved from downtown out to Dunwoody in 1985, the sisters and some of the medical staff felt like, we have to continue our mission serving the poor downtown. So after work, they would hop in a truck or a van and go downtown and serve the poor. And that grew Mm -hmm. into what we are now. Mercy Care served 15,000 patients at our clinics in Atlanta last year. An average of four visits per patient. So we had 60,000 patient visits last year. And we see everybody regardless of ability to pay. Anyone can come to a Mercy Care clinic and be seen. We have, you can come to our website, mercyatlanta.org. We have multiple clinics, beautiful clinics. These are clinics you're going to really feel good about being in. When you come to our new clinic in Shambly, you'll say, wow, 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 over and over again, (laughs) because it's so amazing, it's so awesome. And the spirit of the people there, this isn't just healthcare, Mm -hmm. it's mercy care. And you'll feel it, and you'll know it, and you'll be able to tell these people care about me, these people love me. It's primary care and behavioral health integrated, which is a wonderful thing, it's the hallmark of mercy care. So everyone who comes to mercy care gets a behavioral health screen, regardless of why they came in. They get evaluated for really the the needs of the whole person. We have chaplains at mercy care. We're paying attention to the whole person before us. And very few medical uh, programs will do that in the way that Mercy Care does. We also have dental, vision. We have mobile clinics that go around the city to the different shelters and the different places where the homeless population congregates. And those clinics have each mobile clinic has, each bus has a behavioral health and a primary care exam room. That's the hallmark of Mercy Care. It's always primary care and behavioral health integrated together. You're not getting a referral out to a county mental health clinic somewhere. And then we have a street medicine team that actually goes under the bridges and into the homeless camps to see the people who not only can't get to our clinic, but can't even get to one of our mobile buses. We bring healthcare to them. And when you see that street medicine team get off their little bus and go under the bridge into the homeless camp with a doctor, a psychiatrist, nurse practitioners, social worker, with a laptop that's connected to the Mercy Care and Grady Healthcare IT systems, with in many cases, the specific medical supplies that those patients need that are being seen on that visit. So they'll see new patients and also do rounds and see the same patient, bringing them what they need, and most especially bringing them the love and the trust Mm -hmm. that this team has established with people who for oftentimes very good reason find it very difficult to trust Mm -hmm. anyone, Mm -hmm. including healthcare personnel. It hasn't always gone well for these people Mm -hmm. and visits with anybody in authority and especially sometimes with healthcare personnel, but they love and trust 
the Mercy Care mm. street medicine team, just like our patients in our clinics do. It is like dropping a big bomb mm. of love mm. on top of the places where it's needed the most. Mm. One time I was with the street medicine team and we were at a homeless camp and a young woman came up to me. She must've been about 20 years old. She was frail, thin, small, wearing a, a red hoodie on a cold night when that red hoodie was not near enough. She was shivering. She asked me if I had any crackers. And I said, well, I don't know. Let me go on the bus and see. So I went on the bus and I asked the nurse there if we had crackers. And she said, Tiffany, you found Tiffany. Mm. We've been looking for Tiffany. Ah. Don't let her leave. Give her these crackers. We'll be out in just a minute. Yeah. So I went out there and I gave the crackers to Tiffany and I started talking to her and she said, well, I, I, I got to go. I got to get out of here. I got to go make some money. I, I, can't, I can't stay here. And I just did all of my power to convince her to stay for a few minutes. Yeah. And she did until it was her turn to go on the bus and have her private one-on-one -on -one consult yeah. with her doctor. Yeah. And I was able to watch that through those tinted windows on the bus, see Tiffany and her doctor meeting there together one-on-one. -on -one. And then she came off the bus and she had a whole different way of carrying herself. She had a whole different attitude, a different demeanor and comportment. Mm. She looked she, like she felt good about herself. And she said, I saw my doctor. Yeah. I got my medicine. Yeah. That's what Mercy Care does. Mercy Care is an amazing organization. Yeah. There are opportunities to get involved with Mercy Care. There are a lot of volunteer opportunities. You can con contact Nicole Smith. She's yeah. our volunteer coordinator. You can find her through our website. And... We have just wonderful opportunities. We'd love to have you come get involved with Mercy Care, and we'd love to have it not continue being the best-kept Catholic secret in Atlanta. Mercy Care is just, just too good, too awesome to be kept as a secret. And thankfully, we're continuing to grow. Yeah. We have a lot of friends who love our mission and support our mission, and Mercy Care continues to grow and to serve more and more people, and, and that's the direction that I see it continuing to head. We have a lot of turmoil in the church these days. We have a lot of confusion, a lot of disappointment. And the antidote to that is to love and serve the people who need it the most. It's a good feeling to be a part of that. It's the Catholic church doing something that everybody feels good about the Catholic church doing. Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. And I'm just incredibly grateful. It's a great privilege mm -hmm. to be a part of working for an organization like Mercy Care. The people there believe in the mission, live the mission, buy into the mission. It's just, it's really something. Ah, you know, and if this was TV, you could see this man's face and know that he really believes. I mean, it, it is strong that it is something. It absolutely is something. I can feel it. I can see it in his face. I hope you're hearing it through the airwaves. This is something that you can get behind. This is something that you can can help with and and really see God's face in those that that really need it the most. And and so if you'd like to get involved in that, give out the website again. It's mercyatlanta.org and I speak to different groups around town, church groups and other groups about Mercy Care. If you want to learn more about Mercy Care, if you'd love to chat with me, you can reach me uh dave.sloan at mercyatlanta.org. And uh, the men of St. Bridget who called in a little while ago with Matt, I've spoken to that group several times about Mercy Care and would love to help it not be such a secret. It's yes. too good to keep a secret. Agreed. Agreed. And I am so glad that, that you were able to be with us here on 
quest today. We only have a couple more minutes, so I want to give you um, last thoughts that you'd like to do. I also need to let you know that someone called in in honor of Father Ricardo, and Barbara gave $50 a month in honor of Father Ricardo. So thank you to Barbara. Thank you to our other callers who have called in so far today. We are grateful, grateful, grateful. I don't have a total of where we are, but uh, I think we're at about $2,100 so far for today because that $50 a month gets multiplied by 12. So we're able to do that. Um, Actually, it looks like maybe they multiplied it by, oh, they changed it. Okay, so 888, uh, no, 678-688-4549, 678-688. 688-4549. We're talking with Dave Sloan. He's from Mercy Care. He's the major gifts officer for that. He's with Love and Serve. You can find it on Facebook. You can go to the 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 website for Mercy Care. You can contact him through email. And we would love it if you would do that right now really quick. Uh, though we want to talk with Dave Sloan and give him the, the last words, um, last thoughts, and then we'll go to a short break. It would amaze you to stop and think about how many people we encounter in our lives who don't have access to health care. Jim, whom I mentioned earlier over at QT, I doubt those QT workers have access to health care. The people we see doing construction around us, chances are they don't have access to health care. The people who clean our office buildings, typically they work for contractors who don't provide health care. So that's the working poor. We're surrounded. It's not just... The, the homeless or the unemployed who don't have access to health care. There are hundreds of thousands of working poor around us who don't have access to health care. Your Uber driver doesn't have health care. The people working in the kitchen and serving the tables at the restaurants that you go to don't have access to health care. That's what Mercy Care provides. So tell people about Mercy Care. Come see us. Come get some of the little cards that we have. I have thousands of these cards that I distribute that are small folding cards that show where the clinics are. We have multiple clinics in Atlanta and help the people in your life who need healthcare get healthcare. And then the last thing I want to say is look into the face of the people that you encounter. And I did this with Jim this morning at QT and just look into those people's face and silently say, I love you. 